Hey everyone, welcome to post-Hurricane Irma Wednesday. If you're like me, you took a bath by sponge on your front porch last night, <laughs> and you are looking for buckets of water to flush your toilets oh, with. What was the back porch, for the neighbor's sakes? Well, there's no, <laughs> there's no power anywhere, so front yard, backyard, it's all pretty much the same. But hopefully you... And the privacy fences are down. <laughs> That's right. There's not a privacy fence or a bush to But it's real dark anything. without light, so... <laughs> so hopefully you're house at least fared as well as mine. We uh, didn't see any major damage here or there, just a lot of cleanup. So hope you all made it through okay and found yourself safe on the other side. But last week, our episode was entitled, How Can I Know God's Will? Which a lot of people asked that question. It was by Andy McDonald. We decided that we can personally and specifically know God's will by offering our whole selves as a living sacrifice to God. If we let him be at work in us, transforming us into a constantly new person, you will know what God wants you to do, and you will know how good and pleasing and perfect His will really is. If you haven't had a chance to check that out yet, it is in your podcast feed or at hospitalchurch.org or the Hospital Church app, which is where you should have gone in the first place. This week, how much freedom of thought and belief will my denomination allow? Hey, it's been good to be with you today. <laughs> I got to run. It's been good to be this week. <laughs> I got to go. I, I'm not really sure. I mean, I guess probably shouldn't have found any of the statistics that you listed off in this. Probably shouldn't have found any of those. Surprising? Not surprising, right? Probably shouldn't have. But when you started off, you were talking about young adults and uh, the the disaffiliation with the SDA church. And eight years, 33% of SDA members in North America. Uh, That's what? Have left. That's what Carlton Bird said in an article in Ministry Magazine. <laughs> so it's his or his statistics. I don't know where he got them from. And and then sixty three percent of those being young adults. Oh, that's not hard to believe at all. Yeah. And, and that part maybe wasn't so much, but the thirty three percent. I mean, to me, I was ex- I was expecting the young adults mm-hmm. right. number to be high. Maybe maybe not quite that high, but just in general, thirty three percent. Third of your church is just is gone, and I mean, I guess you hear about those things, and you you see people or you know people that have some dissatisfaction dissatisfaction with religion or church in general, but that just seems well. I don't think we are crazy. One of the really important things I think to think about in this whole topic is that while we get go ah to our statistics, that in many many ways in our culture. The day of denominationalism is really on the decline. Yeah, yeah. Um, the, the whole the whole idea of belonging to a, a, a an organization is down. You don't you don't hear uh, American Express advertise membership has its privileges, privileges. Uh, yeah. <laughs> because yeah. because that's membership is less of a deal that aura around being a member. Uh, I, I would imagine country club memberships are down. I would imagine yeah, you know, just it's just a. It's an interesting phenomenon. But again, not a surprise, but you mentioned the nons. Right. And But that seems like a long walk from even some church or like, well, maybe I don't go to church on a regular basis, but it's not like I don't believe that there's, you know, this, that, or the, this just seems like the nons. That was even more of a shock to me that you would just com- just be a complete abandonment. Seemingly. Well, if your primary spiritual identity is with an organization and you lose faith in the organization, you're a non automatically. Okay. It's, you don't, you don't have to abandon God because it wasn't God with whom you were that loyal. You were loyal to your, 
your tribe of God followers okay. more than to God Himself. And I think that's been part of the that's part of the growing thing of the nons is your loyalty to a secondary source versus the primary source is going to set us up. Yeah, I think it's difficult for people in my parents' generation because in their minds, they they grew up with the idea that organizations were there to create this safety net, this yeah. idea of this is where this is where you belong. And uh, I remember listening to my my dad talk about this phenomenon because it took place actually. I think it started in you, you know years ago. Everybody used to dress the same. Everybody had black cars. My parents grew up in an era where you you, you fit in and you wanted to fit in. And that was your safety. Whereas in the seventies and eighties, that started this whole you know cars became colorful and. People became individualistic, and yeah. that whole piece was hard for them to, to settle into. But our denomination looks back at those that generation as being, oh, that's when it was good. And it we have we have much more than that generation to look back at. But that's that's the problem. I think we've got groups on both sides now that are young people. That there are some parts, some fractions, the fractions that are staying want that to go back to that. That's what they yeah. call historic. And mm-hmm. it's really not historic, as no, Andy mentioned. It's faulty. Yeah. <laughs> well, and I don't think that it was as rosy as that picture gets painted no. to no. be because, you know, I've had conversations with my parents, with other family members, and with people of that generation that say, you know, once we moved away from the Midwest, we moved here to Florida, and a different, a different view of church or what church is started mm-hmm. to emerge for us. And when you just... You know, if you were dare to say the words yeah. that, you know, I'm I'm saved and say it with confidence <laughs> and, you know, and to have someone then say to you, man, I, I'm jealous of you. And you're like, jealous of what? Well, jealous that you you have this confidence. It's in your mm-hmm. face that you feel like you're saved and yet you don't seem arrogant about it. I'm like, well, no, it's not arrogance. It's <laughs> just the fact that, you know, it's, it's still a decision and there's all those things that go with it. But if you are going to church, and that was the rosy part because you were part of an organization, but if that organization didn't instill in you or you haven't walked away from, however that disconnect may be, right. that you don't know you're saved, that, that seems like a, an opportunity lost. Right. Well, if we, when we look to a church to save us, it's problematic right there because the church can't save us, but the Lord of the church can. Right. And, and it's really important that we help people make that Get that clarity. Is this Jesus who you want to be connected with? He's the Savior. The church is a great, wonderful. I'm a big church lover. I, I believe in church. Sure, but church organizationally, that's not where our confidence can be. Well, you, and you mentioned that actually in your in your talk, Andy, in terms of trying to make that distinction between what is an organization and what is a church. Yeah, and uh, and the the denomination, as much as it sometimes calls itself a church. It's still an, an organization. Right. And um, yeah, there's really, there's really, I believe, just two churches, <laughs> really just one, but uh, there are two manifestations <laughs> but of it. But we're still going to go. Yeah. There's, the, there's the universal church of all believers in Jesus Christ everywhere in the world that make up what we would call the invisible church in a lot of circles. But the, the big circle church, it's uh, all of God's followers, all, all the Jesus people. And then <clears throat> there are local congregations that represent the body of Christ in that community. And that's really all there are. Everything between the local church and the big giant body of Christ are are just structural organizational things. They should be in place 
to make the local church as effective as possible because that's the real church. Yeah. It was Charles Bradford in a review article years ago that said there is no church but the local church. And that's really true. I mean, that's where the church exists. That's sure. where membership exists. That's where activity takes place. That's where evangelism takes place. That's where worship takes place. I mean, all the things a church does happen in a local congregation, not in an organizational office building somewhere beyond that. Because if it did, then what would be the need for the? Yeah. If it didn't, what would be the need for the others? Yeah. So I'm, I ask you, Randy, mm-hmm. how, how do you think, because... Oh, I like this idea of asking Randy questions. <laughs> I'm going to bring a list next week. Oh, oh man, I'm in trouble. <laughs> well, no, because it's, it, it, you know, you're of that generation, uh, probably would, I would say a generation before or after me. Yeah. Um, that's for sure. How do you feel like Andy's answered the question? Specifically? Well, in terms of this question of how much can I disagree how much can I differ from what my church teaches? Oh, yeah. How well do you think he did? I'm curious. My first answer to that would be specifically, it depends what church you go to <laughs> and in what region of the country that you live in. I can say that my church in the Midwest, <laughs> when it came to the idea of women's ordination, there was a split. I mean, this is the largest church in Wisconsin, mm-hmm. and there was a split and another group you know, kind of splintered off and started their own church because, you know, there was a female pastor uh, that was on staff, you know, working with the youth and everyone just simply, most simply adored her (laughs) and from all accounts did a fantastic job. But it was just to the point where these, that they just couldn't handle the thought of that. So I think in that case where, you know, we have in here in Florida, we have a lot of women in very prominent positions that will speak on a pretty regular basis in charge of ministries mm-hmm. and do fantastic work. And so I think a lot of that will depend because I think the denomination as it is as, like you said, a structure has so many small pieces and parts that locally what one church will take as their creed <laughs> as part of those 28 beliefs that you talked about and how another will interpret and then even go for, further to that, how they interpret the Bible, and you add all that together and you have to figure out where you are. I know that as someone in their middle 20s with a substance abuse problem, church was not someplace that hmm. I was welcomed yeah. a, wow. in a position of leadership. I ran sound up, you know, mm-hmm. on the old churches, you're up on the balcony right. where only the bad people, <laughs> only the bad people go anyway. And, you know, I was approached by the pastor one week and it was under the guise of, well, you wear jewelry. And that was after the, the wedding bands were, you know, agreed mm-hmm. that it's okay to wear a wedding band by the big church, but the local church said, no, I don't think so. So anyone that was, you know, if you played the piano, you were up front doing a announcements, I'm sorry, but you have to go. And for right. me, you know, my thing was, uh, if I'm not here for the next six months, nobody other than my mother is going to know, okay, <laughs> or care for that matter. I said, but you know, by nine o'clock tonight, if I'm not at a specific place where I'm going to hang out with my friends, I can guarantee you that people are going to miss me. Yeah. So, from my experience, you know, there's definitely places where behavior that would be just like, hey, we're welcoming you because a, we love you, and two, maybe in that situation boy, this guy could probably really use some positive reinforcement and some positive people in his life to kind of help with this whole situation that he's in. So I I think the answer to that is really not everyone can move. You know, like Wisconsin, if you're there, I mean, there's a handful of tiny churches and 
it's not like here in Orlando where if you don't like where you're going to church, man, there's, hey, we did it. We moved to here to the hospital church because we needed a change of venue. Mm-hmm. And that's not saying bad about any other no, any other no. location. But if you just find that where you're at isn't as accepting or as theologically or denominationally or even just local churchy or churchy, that's not a word. <laughs> but, you know, they're just not the same as what where you're finding how you can best connect with God and use your talents or your family finds yeah. best. So I think it's just so it's so hit and miss with I that. I think we're finding that. I think we're finding that communities are becoming – I'm not saying they're becoming liberal or conservative, but – People are kind of placing the community as their what they call that's my church. As Andy mentioned, the local church, and so what people do is they say, "Okay, I want to find a place that I feel comfortable growing where from where I'm at." In other words, yeah. my place. Uh, and I guess that's part of what this question is: Where can I find a church where I can feel safe to grow in Christ? Yeah, and I think also sure. being able to openly doubt. Yeah. Uh, oftentimes people see doubt as the opposite of faith, and actually certainty is the opposite of faith. Sure, um, yeah. <laughs> faith is the un, has the unknown in it, whereas certainty has got nailed down. You don't need faith anymore. On the other side of this, you know, it is interesting. <clears throat> Des, for those of you that are a little older, you might have remembered the Des Ford issue in the 19, early sure. 1980s. And Des Ford disagreed on a fairly strong point of one of our Pillars of our denomination. Sure. And his credentials, his teaching credentials and his ministerial credentials were taken away. However, he stayed a Seventh-day Adventist. Mm-hmm. They kept him as a member in good and regular standing, yeah. even though he disagreed because with that. Because that's a local church decision. Yeah. Sure. Uh, and what's salvific and what's not salvific is really when we make mountains out of molehills and take yeah. things that are either taste, preference, choices, a cultural situation and make it something that we would be willing to drive people away from the church over. Yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. We don't we don't want you to fellowship with God and us because of this non salvific issue. Sure. And, and rather than being large enough to say, okay, uh, you know, you can differ from us. We don't have to see this eye to eye. We can still worship together. I went and doing marital counseling, I don't know about you, Jeff, but I talk about every relationship has things you don't see eye to eye. And sometimes your resolution is simply to say, we agree, we disagree about that. <laughs> now, marriage can't, shouldn't have 50 of those, or it probably won't survive. <laughs> probably not. But, but and the same thing is true with our church. We ought, to be able, we ought to be able to say, I love these people. I love this corpus of teaching and belief that makes it our denomination what it is. But on a couple of these points, I just have to agree that I disagree with what the church's stance is. Sure. And that doesn't make me not part of the church. It makes me clear that this is the point where I disagree and I still want to be in fellowship, and I still understand it, and I, the principles behind it, I want to live by those principles and honor God in, as part of this denomination, this church, uh, local church as well. Well, we find in community, though, that there's a certain amount of tolerance that a person has for uh, identity. And in terms of how how much identity do I want and how much do identity do I not want yeah. within this community that keeps me drawn in? And that's the same with a marriage. You know, you're right in saying that there's certain things that I do want to agree with my partner with, mm-hmm. you know, and then the other side, okay, we, we, we disagree, but that's not a, it's not a deal breaker. Right. And I think that's, you know, one of the things that... Pretending it's George, not there... Is the, the biggest not, problem it, in, in yeah. counseling, at least yeah. so that that'll be a deal breaker because sure. it's like well, no, to be honest or to with be me, deceitful about right. it. Yeah. Be honest with me. Tell me I don't agree with that, 
And yeah. we can agree that we disagree, and, and now let's be friends and move on. Yeah, George Knight in his book, last part of this chapter, he says, do not make things doctrinal issues that are not clearly stated in the Bible. And I think that's a good rule of thumb yeah. as well. That is a good rule, because I think at the same time you, you were talking about, and as we're quickly running out of time yeah. here, you know, where your basis of spiritual identity comes from. If right. it's from essentially a man-made organization, and not that, again, not that that's a bad organization, but it's going to let you down because mm-hmm. it's just the nature of it. Or if it's actually in Jesus and it's in Christ, it's in God, I don't know. It's hard to grasp that God sees us as he does Jesus. <laughs> through through Jesus, I know who I am. Yeah. I know my stuff. I know my junk. And when I think of that and go, that's how he sees yeah. me. But Paul wrote that, not me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I was just quoting. And just quoting. And it should give us the comfort yeah. in, our, in ourselves. And it should also then allow us or should prompt us maybe to offer grace where we don't see eye to eye with somebody to say, you know what? God sees them the same way as he sees me. Right. And these are just small little pieces at the end of the day, just like the argument you have with your spouse. And at the end you go, what wow, in wow, the wow, world? What were we arguing about? Where did the start? My yeah. blood pressure, my, the vein in my neck was popping out. And why at the end of the day, did it make a hill of beans a difference? And I think that each church community has room to grow. Sure. And to find out where – I just hope that you would never find yourself in a place where you feel like someone has to ask you to leave, where we're not maybe as spiritually mature, that that would have to actually mm-hmm. come to that. But as we wrap up, one of our final FHC takeaways from this past week asked, how would you define yourself as Christian first or Seventh-day Adventist first and why? This is something – if you ever thought about sending us a response or to anything that we actually talked about today, this would be a good one because I am genuinely – interested or and curious <laughs> so to hear what the response would be. And I, I thought the way Andy wrapped up in one of the closing paragraphs said, regardless of your denominational affiliation, whether you can reconcile and sing in harmony rather than shared melody, or not be confident that because of God's work, not yours, you are part of his family, he calls it church, the body of Christ, and rejoice in the unity you have and that you can extend to every other sinner saved by grace. <laughs> if we could just Hold on to that little couple sentences right there and extend that out, how much better church as as a whole would be. So upcoming this week, are we still in – Are we, yeah. do we have more questions? We have more questions. Yeah. This All is right. our third of our four, and this one is about how will my LGBTQ – Friends, be welcomed at this church. So, How's our church going to deal with that issue? Yeah, Good, yeah. good. That's a good one also. So, all right, you definitely don't want to miss that. And again, we would love to hear your thoughts on this week's message and our episode here. You can do that in the Hospital Church mobile app. Uh, everything is there for you to text or email or call for that matter. So until next Wednesday in episode 68, this is Randy for Andy, Jeff, and Tom saying thanks for joining us, and we'll talk to you then. <laughs>